I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you want to talk about competitive football, look no further than Spain. Look at the battle for Europa League places. Look at how congested it is in the lower half of the table. Look at this weekend's results and look how many didn't turn out as you might have expected. Look, this is La Liga 2018-19 and there's plenty more where that came from. Hi, I'm Gais Camendieta and you listen to La Liga Lowdown. Hi, I'm Pablo Machin. This is La Liga Lowdown. Hi, I'm Luis Garcia and you're listening to La Liga Lowdown. And I'm David Garrido. Hi everyone, welcome along to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Redis Dukanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. So, three of the top four failed to win on match day 22 and there were reactions from teams struggling at the bottom too. It all adds to the compelling picture in Spain's top division. We'll recap it all for you inside the next half an hour, including all of the following. Barcelona held by Valencia at the camp now, but they extend their lead to six points. Still, Roman is asking questions of Ernesto Valverde's decision-making. Arthur was subbed in for Alenia, who in my opinion was having a great game, so I don't understand why he didn't bring off Coutinho or Arturo Vidal, which weren't really having an impact in this game. Real Madrid put Alaves to the sword. They've suddenly rediscovered their swagger, as Ewan tells us. The main change is that the rest of the players seem more motivated. This must partly be down to Solari's man management, but also have a lot to do with the fact that Valentine's Day is coming up and Real Madrid's sweetheart is the Champions League. Betis beat Atletico and the Bas derby throws up another surprise result. Real Sociedad defeats Athletic Club and Alex was watching. It seemed like the Athletic players didn't care enough. Afterwards, they blamed it on the wind, which was the same for both teams, instead of taking responsibility for a very mediocre performance. The basement boys Wesker bounce back, but Villarreal let a two-goal lead slip on Javi Calleja's return to the club. Here's Paco. The way they allowed Espanyol to come back with a huge mistake by Asenko followed by Bonera's own goal shows that even with the new energized version of Javi Calleja on the bench this team is fragile. Plus we look ahead to the Copa del Rey semi-final first legs that's all coming up. We start with an enthralling game of the camp now on Saturday evening, engrossing, energetic, plenty of ebb and flow and a bit of guts and glory too. Barcelona 2, Valencia 2 was the final score, a result which might have led to Barca seeing their lead cut in half, but instead they extend it to six points. Before we go into this in depth, just sit back, listen and enjoy how the goals went in on 11 Sports in the UK. Parejo quick to find Gamedo, Gamedo to find Moreno. Plenty of options here, including Cheryshev down the left, Watts down the right. He goes through to Gamedo. 1-0 to Valencia. Kevin Gamedo with the goal. It's a classic counter-attack. Halfway through the first half, Valencia take the lead and 
they take the lead in style. There's a bit of space there for Cheryshev. It's an awkward ball in, well, well, well. and it's a penalty. Was goes down. Sergio Roberto penalised. Referee Undiana Mayenko pointing to the spot. Yellow card for Sergio Roberto. It's Danny Perejo against Mark Andre Testegen and 85,000 Catalans. Up steps Parejo. No mistake. 2 0 to Valencia. Vidal. Semedo. Oh dear. Down he goes. And the ball in the back of the net, but the referee's given a penalty. It's Leo Messi. If there's one aspect of his game that isn't perhaps absolutely top, 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 it's been from the penalty spot. Will he change that now? Messi! Sends Neto the wrong way. Suarez. Still Suarez. Just run out of steam. It falls for Vidal. Leaves it for Messi. Messi tries a shot. Leo Messi celebrates that one as though it's the cup final. What a remarkable goal from Leo Messi. That came out of absolutely nowhere. Well, let's start off with the Valencia side of things. Yes, they did let a two-goal lead slip, but props to them for executing their game plan away to the champions. Both their goals came from counter-attacks, which was the Valencia that we came to know and admire last season. But in order to launch those counters, the utter dedication and determination to keep their shape when they didn't have the ball for the whole 90 minutes was extraordinary. Often you could see the whole team moving around as a full unit, 10 white shirts entirely in unison. And not only that, but the spine inspired the rest. From Neto, who pulled off several brilliant saves, including a ridiculous reflex stop from a deflection off one of his own defenders, to the attentive and courageous centre-back partnership of Ezequiel Garay and Gabriel Paulista, whose patch above his eye made him look like a war hero, to the influence, awareness and accuracy of Dani Parejo, who dispossessed Lionel Messi for Valencia's first goal and then dispatched the penalty perfectly for the second to the energy and creativity of Rodrigo Moreno the assist for Kevin Gamedo's opener and where he himself has got into the goals recently too it begs the question why couldn't they do it before confidence injuries key players out of form well most of those are different now and Valencia have turned a the corner they're up to eighth what about Barcelona though another intriguing starting 11 by Ernesto Valverde leaving out Jordi Alba Clement Longley and Artur Strange especially with Sergio Busquets suspended they were almost made to pay, but it was Messi to the rescue again with his two goals to take his tally to 27 in all competitions this season. Well, La Liga Lowdown's Roman Derquer is in Barcelona. Uh, Roman, what did you make of those selections from Valverde? The Copa del Rey draw definitely had an influence in Valverde's 11. Because if Barca were to play against Valencia or Betis next Wednesday instead of Real Madrid, I'm sure he would have picked a different team. But then, of course, that translated into defensive struggles, especially when you switch Sergio Roberto from the right to the left, because he lost a lot of his usual protagonism. So what did Valverde do? Of course, he brought in Jordi Alba to correct those mistakes and to bring in that magical chemistry he has with Leo Messi. Whereas Arthur did what he does best. He increased the team's possession and slowed down the pace to avoid those quick and dangerous Valencia transitions. But Arthur was subbed in for Alenia, who in my opinion was having a great game. So I don't understand why he didn't bring off Coutinho or Arturo Vidal, which weren't really having an impact in this game. Cheers, Roman. Well, Barca held. Could their nearest challenges Atletico Madrid take advantage? The answer is no. They were beaten 1-0 at Real Betis, and this was a tale of two penalties. The one not given as Alvaro Morata was brought down by Zufidal on his Atleti debut, and the one given for handball on Felipe Luis, which Sergio Canales fired past Jan Oblak. Atleti were a little timid in front of goal in the first half, and the nearest they came to an equaliser was Antoine Griezmann's curler, which hit the post. But for my money, Griezmann was more part of the midfield 
than a front two with Morata. And as a result of being so deep and actually quite wide at times, Morata looked isolated. It will, of course, take him time to settle in and understand fully his new team style of play. Atletico pressed very high to try and combat Betis' ultra-possession style. And for a certain part of this game, it worked. But they're still struggling with injuries throughout their squad. And maybe now it's taking its toll. Betis grew in confidence in this game. It's their first win over an Atletico Madrid side coached by Diego Simeone. And they move up to sixth. Not a bad week for them at all. An extra time victory over Espanyol in the Copa del Rey. And the news that the final will be held at their ground, the Estadio Benito Villamarín. Now, Real Madrid made it five wins in a row in all competitions with a 3-0 victory over Aloes to narrow the gap to neighbours Atletico to just two points. Game Benzema is in a superb run of form right now. He finished off a flowing move down the left as the relentless Vinicius played in Sergio Reguilón and his centre found the Frenchman just a couple of yards out for a tap-in. That is six goals in four games for Benzema. It takes his La Liga tally for the season into double figures as well. And just as things were getting a little nervy with 10 minutes to go, Vinicius himself then got the second. His crossfield ball to Marco Asensio was returned across the 18-yard box. Carlos Vigarai tried to clear but totally failed to make contact and the Brazilian teenager was there in acres of space with so much time to control and finish side-footed and his performance deserved that goal. The third came in stoppage time. Sub Isco played a beautiful slide roll pass to pick out Alvaro Odrio Sala racing forward and his pinpoint cross was acrobatically headed in by Mariano Diaz back after injury. Now when Real Madrid lost away to Alaves in early October, there were nine of the same starters as on Sunday night but not only was it a totally different result, this felt like a totally different Madrid team. Why though? Well, let's chat to Ewan McTeer, our man in the Spanish capital. Uh, so Ewan, what is Santi Solari now harnessing that he was struggling with before? How much credit does the coach deserve? And are Madrid back for good? Well, first of all, let's slap a big asterisk on the comparisons with the 1-0 loss at Mendes Rosa because the Alaves are much worse now than they were in October. That said, Real Madrid have also been much improved in recent weeks. And you're right, they're playing better with largely the same personnel. Vinicius is one of the differences, and that really is a big difference, because he's the most direct teenager since that Zap guy from Saved by the Bell. But the main change is that the rest of the players seem more motivated. This must partly be down to Solari's man management, but will also have a lot to do with the fact that Valentine's Day is coming up and Real Madrid's sweetheart is the Champions League. We saw something similar last year when they rediscovered a little bit of form in the league, and even if it was too late to challenge for the title, it helped them find their groove in time for the favourite competition. Ah yes, 13 European Cups and counting. Thank you, Ewan. And meanwhile, a bit of a nothing game on Saturday lunchtime as Levante's match with Etafe ended as a rather uneventful goalless straw. Levante had a couple of penalty shouts, but that's about it. It's the first nil-nil that Levante have seen under Paco Lopez, but actually their sixth clean sheet in La Liga this season. Still, they've got the leakiest defence in Spain's top division, which tells you that when it doesn't work, it goes badly wrong. They've uh, shipped six in one game, five twice, and had four against as well. For Getafe, a slightly less dramatic game than their Copa del Rey quarterfinal second leg, which they lost away to Valencia in injury time. And then there was a brawl on the pitch, as a result of which Bruno, Damian Suarez and Jaime Mata were handed suspensions. And likewise, Valencia centre-back Mukhtar Diakabi. Not a bad point for either team, though. Getafe move up to fifth. Levante stay in the safety of mid-table. To the Basque Derby on Saturday afternoon. And the old adage that when it's a derby, you can throw the form book out of the window absolutely applies here. Gaisca Garidano had given Athletic Club their work rate back and the likes of Inaki Williams and Iker Muneain were leading by example, while Real Sociedad hadn't really found their feet under former caretaker manager Imanol Alguacil a lot of draws. But what's transpired to Anoeta was the total opposite. La Real showing their attitude and their intentions from the off, especially when Mikel Oyarzabal robbed a bouncing ball off Dani Garcia and finished past Diego Herrera 
Berlin for the opener. Their second was a belter. A poor attempted clearance from Inigo Martinez was rifled into the top right-hand corner by William Jose, even though his body's momentum was slightly away from goal. Garitano made changes at half-time, bringing on the experienced pair of Benyat and Raul Garcia, who got one back, a penalty for a foul given on Inigo Martinez by Raul Navas, saved by Jerónimo Ruyi, but Raul Garcia stabbed home the rebound. There wasn't enough time after that for Athletic to find an equaliser, so 2-1 to Raul Sociedad, the final score. Imanol's team up to ninth, and with Europe in their sights. La Liga Lowdown's Alex Johnson was in attendance at this game in San Sebastián. Uh, Alex, what was the biggest improvement for La Real? What was the most disappointing aspect of Athletic's performance? So Derby is always special, and it doesn't really matter what form or stage you're in going into. It's about who wants it the most. And Real Sociedad definitely wanted it the most. We saw something in them that we haven't seen that much this season, and that they've been criticised for lacking. Hunger, will, desire, focus. Athletic, it was the complete opposite. Yaguerrim said before the match that for them, this is the match of the year. For us, it's just another match. And it felt like that. It seemed like the Athletic players didn't care enough. Afterwards, they blamed it on the wind, which was the same for both teams, instead of taking responsibility for a very mediocre performance. This wasn't Real Sociedad having an outstanding performance. This was Athletic, not putting them under pressure, not hassling them. It's not showing up. Cheers, Alex. Well, Gareth admitted afterwards it hadn't been Athletic's best match, but Iman Osaid stay unbeaten in seven games under his leadership. Three wins and four draws. Now, Cedro Garcia supports Real Sociedad. He was at this game and he's a big fan of Imanol and his people skills in particular. I think it's the way he communicates, the way he motivates, the way he feels about the team because he's been part of the team since 20 years ago when he was a player and really has a lot of emotion when it comes to Real Sociedad. He definitely transmits that to the players and it seems like they understand what he's asking for. So I think having Imanol coming to Real Sociedad has been huge for us. Well, Bass derbies are always hard to predict and so it proved on our Partidazo predictions this week. No one went for Real Sociedad to win at Anoeta, so no change to the overall table. Pacopoli still leads on 21 points, Ewan stays on 14, I'm on 11, Roman on 10 and Alex on 7. Well, that's it for part one of this Saliga Lowdown mini-pod. Plenty still to come in part two, where the relegation battle is in sharp focus. See you very shortly. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. 
Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown mini pod with Redis Stakhanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America as we recap match day 22 in Spain's top division. Now, you might have thought that Wesker were dead and buried 12 points off safety before kickoff at home to Ravadolid on Friday night, but maybe, just maybe, they aren't. Great touch from Enrique Gallego and he's through on goal here for Wesker. Big chance! Big goal! It's his first in La Liga and Wesker lead! So Wesker with another corner this time from the opposite side here it comes powerful delivery good header and Wesker a two up simple goal Massive couldn't keep it out and Jorge Pulido has headed Wesker two in front this is Herrera now Hernandez battling could fall for Gomez Moy Gomez makes it 3-0 absolutely amazing Galan with a good touch and a good spin beyond Hervias, and that's a great ball forward. This is Jimmy Avila for 4-0. It's Wesker 4, Valladolid 0. And within seconds of coming on, Jimmy Avila has his second goal of the season. So the first time the Wesker have scored four goals in a game in La Liga, the opener came courtesy of one of their new recruits, Ender Gallego, who they signed from Extremadura. And in fact, Wesker were the busiest La Liga club in the January transfer window, bringing in half a dozen players. Also, Javi Galán from Córdoba and a few more have joined on loan to try and help them survive in their debut season in the big time. Back to Román de Arquero on this one. Uh, Román, what qualities do these signings add to the squad and how much positivity can Wesker take from this win and another clean sheet? A lot, David. Definitely a lot of positivity. I've often been saying how Wesco were playing much better since Francisco took over and how they were deserving so much more. And that win against Valladolid was what they badly needed to keep this hope alive. The new signings which have already made their debut have proved their worth, starting with Enrique Gallego, who was Pichichi before leaving Segunda with an average of one goal every 3.8 shots he took. And now he scored in Primera with his third shot. That's pure efficiency. And also he's a team player who's devoted in helping offensive and defensively. Then the other guy is Javi Galan, who by the way, some actually call Rooney due to their physical resemblance. He's played as a fullback and as a winger in his previous teams, so he's a perfect fit in Francisco's 3-5-2. He's got pace, skill, decent defensive capabilities, and he can pass as we saw with that lovely assist for Avila to make it 4-0. Cheers to that, Roman. Well, as for Valladolid, Bosser Gonzalez said that all four goals that his side conceded were because of individual errors, but that it wasn't a reflection of his team overall. Still, tough all month coming up for La Pucela in which they'll face Barcelona and Real Madrid and welcome Brabetis to the Jose Sorria. And their next game is a crunch one too as they take on second bottom Villarreal. Speaking of whom, it's been a bizarre week or so at the Estadio La Ceramica. After losing the Valencian Community Derby 3-0 at Mestalla, Luis Garcia Plaza was dismissed. His reign over after just nine matches and no league wins. And so who did Villarreal replace him with? Well, the man they sacked in the first place of course Javi Galleja yeah I know Galleja's team raced into a 2-0 leader in Espanol in the battle of two of the most woefully out of form teams in La Liga and inspired 
by Santi Casorla. First, his free kick was headed against the bar by Gerard Moreno, and then Vicente Borra turned it home. And in the second half, after Cartoque Cambi was hauled down the box, Casorla fired home the penalty. Just over a quarter of an hour to go, and still 2 0 up, but 37 year old Daniel Bonera, making his first league appearance in more than eight months, put through his own net. And then Roberto Rosales arrowed home another spectacular strike for Espanol's equaliser after also scoring against Real Madrid. So Villarreal losing the lead in the space of just six minutes. They were even hanging on for the draw at the end. It's now nine games without a win in La Liga and just one in 16. So what about the return to Calleja? Any changes in what we saw on the pitch? And can he get more out of his players than he did earlier this season? Let's get the opinion of La Liga Lowdown's Paco Polit. Well, Villarreal looked good for over an hour and then collapsed like a house of cards. And this is mainly down to their lack of confidence and poor reading of the situation. When they went 2-0 up, it should have been game over. But Villarreal and their players are just in such a bad place that any potential problem faced during a match becomes a huge hurdle which is impossible to overcome. Again, they were punished for individual mistakes, something that has plagued them throughout this campaign, both in Calleja's first run and later in Luis Garcia's 50 days as a manager. The way they allowed Espanol to come back with a huge mistake by Asenko followed by Bonera's own goal shows that even with the new energized version of Javi Calleja on the bench, this team is fragile, unreliable and get entangled up in knots just when they need to have a bit of clarity. And that's something they need to resolve quickly as we head towards the last third of the season. Cheers, Paco. We knew from the build-up to Celta Vigo against Sevilla Balaidos that it was a key game for the home team. Celta president Carlos Mourinho had publicly backed head coach Miguel Cardoso, who'd only been appointed in mid-November, remember? But that's known as the dreaded vote of confidence. And the pressure was very much on the Portuguese ahead of the visit of Sevilla. Some said it would be his last game if he didn't win it, Celta having dropped into the bottom three after their defeat at Real Valladolid the week before. But another surprising result here, as Celta won their first match without Iago Aspas by a single goal to nil. Sevilla were guilty of wasting chances. Striker Wilson Benyera denied by Ruben Blanco, but then hitting the post when put through one-on-one with the keeper as well. And after that, poor defending from a corner allowed Okeo Kuslu to steal at the far post to tap home the winner. To be fair, they hadn't done much all game. Big frustration for Pablo Machin, but utter relief for Miguel Cardoso, and he lives to fight another day. The result takes Celta out of the drop zone, but Sevilla have to be concerned about their away form. They've lost their last four on the road in all competitions. It's just a one win in nine, two wins in 14 away. Compared to at the Sancho one where they've only dropped points to Atletico Madrid since mid-September. Now, the Monday night game at Vallecas was a feisty affair. Railway Canal won Leganes to the final score. Lega were excellent in this Madrid derby. Martin Braithwaite headed home a corner in the first half to take his tally to three since joining from Middlesbrough on loan in January. But the second half was even more attritional. Three yellow cards in the first ten minutes after the restart, followed by a red as Alan Yom completely took out Adrien Barba by the corner flag. The visitors down to ten men. Well, after that, with the extra man, Rayo had all the possession and they equalised as Pichu Cuellar clubbed out José Angel Pozo's deflected shot only for substitutes Alvaro Garcia to stick the rebound home. But the sucker punch came immediately after that, Yusuf series header going through a tangle of legs and passed on Dimitrevsky for Leganes' winner. A vital away victory for Mauricio Pellegrino's side, their first in La Liga since the 1st of December. It's a huge result for them against a direct rival in the scrap to avoid the drop. But Rayo were way below the team who'd taken 13 of the previous 15 points on offer. They pay the price and they drop back to 18th. 
Our final game to recap is Eibar Strina win over Girona in rainy, muddy and very cold conditions in the north of Spain. Ruben Peña gave the home side the lead with a super strike to beat Bono at his near post. Then Charles doubled their lead barely 12 seconds into the second half. A lovely chip over the Moroccan as the ball really squirmed around in the mud. And then Sergio Enrique scored a penalty after he was brought down in the box to really confirm the result beyond any doubt. For Girona, they just didn't know how to compete in these conditions and they've now lost their last five in all competitions. They haven't won since early December in the and for Eibar, they're now unbeaten in nine at home, five of them with clean sheets. Uh, Alex Johnson witnessed firsthand what a venue Ipurua is in the wet and the cold, and she explained why it's such a tough ground to go to and why Eibar are so hard to beat there. This stadium has to be one of the tightest in the Liga, where fans are super close to the pitch. The touchlines are pretty much where the stand starts. Fans can almost lean over, reach out and touch the players. If you add the freezing cold, you'd much rather be the home side here, because at Ipurua, the crowd hardly ever stops chanting. They help you the players up for battle so the atmosphere is another big plus for them the pitch wasn't in the best condition it hadn't drained well it was pretty boggy and the ball was held up in standing waters at times that meant that football was a bit more rough uh, and that definitely suited Eibar better than Girona their intensity is what marks them out as different they press better than any team in La Liga their identity under Mendy Libra is clear a lot of play goes down the wings especially the likes of Peña and Oriana on one flank and Cucurea on the other but all the players show the spirit and work ethic that makes Eibar one of the toughest teams to compete against. And the defensive worries continue for Girona. Without the likes of Johan Mojica, Marc Muñeza and Adi Benitez, they've conceded 22 goals in 2019. That's the most of any team in all of Europe's top five leagues this calendar year. They're flirting with the relegation places. Next up, a rejuvenated Huesca come to Montilivi, followed by a trip to Real Madrid. Well, meanwhile, the Copa del Rey continues with the semi-finals getting underway this week. The draw made last Friday pitted Rabetis against Valencia with the first leg of the Benito Villamarín on Thursday and Barcelona versus Real Madrid, which kicks off a Clásico Copa doubleheader at the Camp now on Wednesday. Let's get the thoughts of Ewan McTeer on those ties. Ties, David. Plural. You mean there's more than one semi-final being talked about? In all seriousness, it's obvious that the Clásico is taking most of the headlines. It's certainly going to spice up all of our Februaries as Real Madrid are coming into form and Barcelona now have the line for your injury list. But let's also get excited about Real Betis versus Valencia. With the final to be held in the Benito Villamarín for the first time ever, Real Betis will be in an excellent position if they make it, no matter who they come up against. Valencia too seem up for the cup based on the celebrations after that comeback against Atafi. In terms of predictions, well, these two ties are so close to call that I'm backing Real Madrid and Valencia because they both have the second legs at home. And my tails never fails and the first leg away, hurry, kind of guy. We'll see if you're right, Ewan. Thanks again for that. Well, let's recap the La Liga table before we go. At the top, Barcelona have 50 points. Atletico second with 44. Real Madrid third on 42. And remember, there's a Madrid derby next week as well. Sevilla fourth on 36. And then a trio of teams all on 32 points. Hedafe fifth, Betty sixth and Alois seventh. At the bottom, Huesca still prop up the table, but they're up to 15 points. Villarreal second bottom on 19. Rayo back into the bottom three on 23 points, but it is tight above those. Girona and Celta on 24, Espanyol and Badolid on 25 points. Well, that's about it for this edition of the podcast. Don't forget to keep an eye on our Twitter feed. We are at La Liga Lowdown on Twitter. We'll keep you across those Copa ties this week. And of course, there's another Partidas Predictions thread coming up on Friday and Saturday as well. You might wonder which game we're picking. That's a clue for you. Have a look at the fixtures. I'm sure you'll work it out. Have a great week. That's your La Liga Lowdown. See you next time. This was a Radio Staccano production.